Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Just with the leap to fame, he's the star acting Queensland. He's a horse that everyone's talking about. Victoria Derby winner, Queensland Derby winner, Sydney Derby winner. Well, he runs two more runs this year, uh, Saturday week at Menangle in the heat of the breeders. Chris Barsby, and then he'll back up into the final one week later and be set for the carnival next year. Good morning. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Fingers crossed. Yeah, two more runs. Hopefully he'll get through uh, the, the, the semi-final next start, uh, which is Saturday week, and then on to the final. He's still based in Melbourne. I think he comes up uh, across the weekend from Melbourne. Uh, he'll go to Sydney. I think he'll be based there on course there with... Uh, Robbie and Kerry Ann Morris, and uh, then he'll get uh, trained down for that uh, semi final. So everything's looking good. So it'll be interesting to see if he's stable, mate. Tim's a trooper who won this race, the Breeders' Challenge two year old final last year. If he makes it, or do they go to the Blue Series? Uh, so we'll have to find out if uh, they're progressing uh, with those sort of plans with Tim's a trooper as well. But uh, it'll be interesting. And Grant Dixon's just got a nice one from New Zealand that's arrived. A two year old, only had the one start. Took on older rivals, finished second for memory at Addington, and uh, he looks like he's a, a really nice prospect. So, a bit of power in that stable. So, uh, mm. it'll be interesting to uh, see how those uh, fortunes, uh, you know, continue over the coming months. And there's a lot to look yeah. forward to. Chris, though, that breeders, that's back in, is that a mile um, Saturday week? The breeders Challenge? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Mm, yeah. Back to the shorter trip there. Just for yeah. that horse, you said yesterday this dollar thirty was over. So dollar eighteen it started yesterday. Teddy Disco and and got the job done. Only just got the job done. They parked him, Steve. Uh, they let up on Molly's Mary Ill, so he had to do it the hard way. But he was able to knuckle down, get the job done. Uh, rated a tick over fifty five, which is good going around Reckless. So he's another one. His next start is going to be in Sydney, and it may well come against Leap to Fame on Saturday week. So he'll go down for the semi final as well. So Queensland said to have really strong representation in this Breeders Challenge Series over the next couple of weeks. We see it this Saturday night. Uh, they've got semi finals uh, uh, taking place. And I think it's uh, two-year-olds and four-year-olds, I think, this weekend. There's a lot of Queensland interest. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll see a lot of Queensland horses competing down there. And the Big Breeders' Challenge final day, which is at the end of this month, the Lynn Smith Mile is part of that program. And Black Sedans, who's the track record holder at Albion Park, he's gone 49-2. He trialled at Albion Park last week. Uh, pretty easy trial. He rated just over 56, finished off in 27-1. He's getting set for that Len Smith mile. So he's just another Queenslander that's going to head south of the border in the coming weeks. All right. Uh, Trent Moffat is with us this morning on Mobile Rolling. Well, Trent's in good form, Steve. Uh, he had uh, a busy day yesterday. In fact, he's been at Reckless uh, every day this week so far. Monday night, he was there again yesterday. He's there again tonight. And he'll be there again tomorrow. And hopefully there's a few winners to be found as well. He joins us now. Trent, good morning. Appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Good morning, guys the car and you'd head straight to Rickliff, just uh, auto queue, that sort of stuff now, it'd uh, drive itself there, the car. Yeah, pretty much, mate. Um, yeah, it knows where it's got to go. <laughs> no doubt. Let's talk about your drives tonight. You've got a couple of interesting drives. It's a nine-race program. You've got five drives, uh, horses that you know well also, and they're in good form. Let's start with race one, number two, Fairish Day In. You've driven this mare plenty of times, but she's fit and she's in form and she lands a good draw. How do you rate her chances tonight? Uh, yeah, Chris, she's a strong chance there with the handy draw. Um, 
a bit tricky early. She's got a bit of toe, so hopefully we can get a good spot, and I'm sure they'll know that, that she's in the finish. No doubt, if you could, you'd love to swap barrier draws because the horse that's drawn to your inside is the likely favourite for this race and a last start winner. It would make things a lot easier if you were drawn barrier one compared to gate two. Yeah, that would be perfect, Chris. We'd have all the options then, but um, we're stuck with two, so we've got to um, try and keep her handy handy, and um, give her a chance. Okay. The 1780, is that tailor-made for her, the, the short trip? Yeah, mate, she's um, she's a good short course horse, and um, uh, Mitchell Dawson has done a good job with her. She keeps improving all the time, and um, I think she's racing as well as ever. Okay. And she is versatile. She can lead. She can come from behind. So... You do have options from the handy draw. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, if, if we can jump in front, that would be ideal. But um, at the same time, she probably can't cop it too much in front. So um, we, we do have options there. So. Okay. Away from a Lambie uh, who's drawn barrier one, it does look fairly open. So, you know, you're, you're as good a chance as any uh, if something, you know, went amiss with the favourite. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, it's a pretty open race. Normally these class of races are, um, whatever gets the barrier draw sort of comes up favourite most times. So um, if she can get a good trip, she'll be right there. Okay. Your next drive comes up in a race three tonight, number seven, Destiny Blue. You know this mare well. And it was her it was her night last week when she was able to uh, get the job done. Thoroughly deserving victory last week. Yeah, mate, she's... Um... She's had plenty of chances, obviously. Had a few starts in the maiden grade. Um, it was getting to a point where we were wondering if she was ever going to win one. But, um, yeah, she couldn't have got a better trip last week. So how does this race compare to last week? Uh, is it a lot harder? Is it a, a huge jump up from maiden grade to, to this grade tonight? Or is it fairly similar? Oh, I think it's a lot stronger. You've, um, you know, it's, it's hard for these horses that with limited ability when they come out of the maidens to step into the ratings races. But um, being drawn on the pegs will help her cause and um, hopefully she can get a good good run on the fence. I was going to say, the draw is kind tonight. So the inside of the second row following out Shikadi. So it does give you a, a soft trip. Yeah, for sure. And she'll, you know, she's a good fence horse. So, um, you know, if we can get, get the right tempo in the race, she'll be hitting the line well. Tell me this, uh, with that victory last week, uh, did she pick up the Q-bread bonus last week? Uh, yeah, she did. She got her first win bonus. So that that was good for connections. They've um, been very patient with her. Yeah. It's huge. It makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. If, um, you know, a lot of them horses, if they didn't have that bonus, they probably wouldn't be around. So, yeah. All right, well, that's race three, number seven, Destiny Blues. Race five tonight, out of all your drives tonight, this is one horse that you've driven previously but haven't had success on. Can tonight be the night that you score with Jang Pell? Uh, hopefully, Chris. Um, I, the couple of times I did drive him, I did like him. So, um, you know, he's, Ricky's doing a good job with his team at the moment. So if I can give him a good trip, he should be right in the finish. It's a good point you raise. Uh, Ricky, he's got the team going well. Yeah, he had another couple of winners on Monday and um, I don't think many of them were too far away. So, How do you line this field up tonight, race five? You've got gate four, so you're sort of stuck in the middle there, but uh, does it look fairly open, this race? Well, I think so, Chris. It's, um, you know, this lower class is generally pretty even, so, um, you know, there's probably a few chances there, but um, a lot of it's going to be tempo-dependent and um, where we can position early.
where would you like to be going into that first turn? Uh, hopefully nice and handy. I'd like to roll forward and get a good spot. But, um, you know, the one and the two can both leave the gate well. Um, Eagles' response can graft out well. So, um, you know, we're just going to have to play it by ear with the first couple of hundred metres. All right. The following race, race six tonight, you're driving Caribbean Rocket, a last start winner. But tonight he's got to overcome the outside of the second row. Does that hurt his chances tonight? Uh, probably a little bit, mate, but he is a better sitting sprint horse. So, um, you know, even drawn well, he's, you've probably got to drive him for a bit of bit of a good trip. So um, nine looks looks ordinary on paper, but if there's a bit of tempo, he'll be running on. So how does this field stack up to last week, the field that he beat last week? Uh, probably similar, I thought. Um, these 30 to 38s on a Wednesday usually are pretty similar. So, um if, if we can get a, he might even be sort of just looking at it. If, if the one holds up, the three fence might be an option. Um, he does go good with the rails, right? Okay. So he's a good chance then by the sound of it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't rule him out. Um, you know, it's going to be, he's going to need a bit of luck. Um, he's that kind of horse. But um, if, if the brakes come his way, he'll be hitting the line strong. Okay. Your final drive tonight comes up in a race, eh? The last leg of the quaddy, Jamaican Resort. This horse is going to be hard in the mark, and he's going really well. Uh, Plays four of his last five. Drawn the inside of the second row. How do you rate him? Uh, mate, he's, he's going really good. Um, I would probably be happier with the front line draw. I do believe he races best in front. But um, from the seven, we're going to get a good fence trip again. Um, yeah, and hopefully he just, just um, brings his leading form running on. Okay, and he goes well at the 1780? Yeah, that's his trip, yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't want to go too much further. Okay, so your five drives tonight, which one are you most looking forward to? Uh, it's probably an even bunch, Chris, but um, I would probably say Fairish Day In is probably the um, one with the most ability, so I'll go with her. Okay, so that's race one, number two, Fairish Day In. Uh, just on yesterday, you are in the thick of the action there yesterday. You had a number of drives and you were close, just not close enough. Uh, a lot of placings, but just uh, on a couple of those horses from yesterday. Molly's Mariel, were you happy with the way she performed? Yeah, mate, she was good. Um, you know, she ran into a good horse in Teddy Disco, so um, she she just kept plugging away there. She, I'm sure she'll win another race soon. Okay, one last roll. He led up, went well. Yeah, he was good too. I probably um, got my judge his first ha half a bit too quick there, um, but he, he he stuck on well. He he'll be um, in the right. Get him in the right race. He'll win again. Okay, and your own horse yesterday, Shady's delight, another placing. So he's got the hoof right on the till. Yeah, mate, he's a good earner. He's probably not the most consistent winning horse, but um, if if ever he can get a good barrier draw, he's not blessed with draws. So um, the day he draws well, I'm sure he'll go close to winning. All right, excellent. Job well done. Uh, we wish you the best of luck tonight, and we'll see you in action tonight and again there tomorrow. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Trent Morford joining us. So uh, he's got the five drives tonight, and he's uh, nominated race one, number two, Fairish Day in as his best chance. Well, as we know, Albion Park has been out of action since last Saturday night. Some uh, works have been carried out at the uh, the Metro track. Uh, we are due to go back there on Friday afternoon. Nine race program has been drawn up there and we've got nine on Saturday night. The man that's at the controls of the track there at Albion Park is Tony Turpin. And I just wanted to find out what has happened at Albion Park in the last couple of days. And he joins us now. Tony, appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, remedial works, they've taken place there? 
Yeah, yeah, we um, pulled the old surface off after the race meeting Saturday night. And as you know, with the floods a few months ago, we sort of had to patch the base up. Um, but actually, the base came up really good this time. Everything has settled down, and the base is really good, and uh, all materials back on the track. Okay, so that's the first bit of major work the tracks had since the flooding earlier this year. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, in many ways, is it, is this in readiness for the upcoming summer carnival? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the material was getting a bit bit uh, dodgy there, and yeah, breaking down really easily. So we thought we better get it done before the uh, summer carnival started. Okay. For those that are curious, how much material is required to be laid there on a track that size, a thousand metres? Uh, they gave us 850 tonne, Chris, but uh, we put about 700 tonne on. Uh, it, it, it takes like a week or so to sort of settle down, so we'd rather put less than what they give us to put on because it's easier to add material than take off. So we put about 700 tonne on yesterday. Mm. Tony, it's Steve. Just a question. Chris uh, was talking to David Brick yesterday, and obviously there will be an announcement uh, forthcoming shortly, hopefully re-a-new home for harness racing in Queensland. Will that um, surface that you're working with there be, be probably put down at the, the new track when it's announced? I'd say so, uh, Steve. It's, it's pretty um, pretty durable, this surface. You know, not as... I wouldn't, look, now we're, now we're changing it every six months. It's pretty good. Before, you know, it might have been 12 months, 18 months, and that's when we were losing race meetings. So... But with this surface now, it's pretty durable and we're doing it every six months, so I'm guessing that's what they put down on the new track. Did it take a lot sooner than what was expected? Like, we, we sort of catered for a few days, but it, you commenced work on Sunday and it was pretty much done by close of business yesterday. Did you catch a break with the forecast? Uh, did it take a lot less time than what was sort of planned? Um, yeah, no, we probably caught, caught a break with the forecast. Chris, they were uh, saying there was going to be rain on Sunday... It was really wet Sunday morning when we got in here. I think we got a shower Sunday. That was all. But uh, like Ian Gurney, you know, drives the uh, grader. He's a really good operator. He just got stuck in. And, yeah, we had it all off by probably 10 o'clock yesterday morning, 10.30. Just had to wait for the Greyhound trials to finish uh, finish there. And then we started spreading the material. It took us about five, six hours to spread. Okay. Would you like some rain on the track today? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we've put okay. about 100,000 litres in the track this morning already, so if we've got rain today or tomorrow, it'd be great. You haven't had any issues with the water truck, uh, things getting in the way of the water truck uh, in the last couple of hours? Uh, in the last couple of hours, no, no. Al Barnes did get the uh, golf buggy bogged on Sunday. <laughs> that was the only issue we really had, but that's for the water okay. truck. No, I don't think we've had anything in the way. <laughs> What about your water supply, Tony? Tell us about that. Where's it all come from? It's actually town water, Steve. So oh, right. um, it's obviously a cost involved. Yeah, big cost, yeah. So what obviously. can we expect Friday and Saturday? Uh, um, well, it's not going to be 100%. It's never 100% when you first put it down, but just by putting the, you know, being cautious and not putting the whole lot of the material on should um, should help us out a fair bit. Okay, we don't have a free-for-all on Saturday night, but we've got some real speedsters engaged in the same race. So it'll be interesting. Uncle Shank up against Love Your Work, two really sharp, short-course horses. What, what sort of time do you think they could run? Yeah, well, I think they'll still go around the 52-53. They won't get down near the 50, I don't think, unless it takes really well. But, yeah, I reckon they'll still be around the 
Right. The track record was recently broken. Black Sedans, 49-2. Could, could that be better during the upcoming summer carnival? Ah, uh, for sure. Bit, you know, new material, a um, bit warmer. Um, and it all depends who wants to put the foot flat to the floor, I guess. <laughs> Steve will ask this question as well, but how long will it be before a horse goes better than 49 at Albion Park? Yeah, I, know. I thought it'd take forever to break break the 50, you know, but I've done that now and just watching Love Your Work and horses like Uncle Shank and that the other week, I thought, geez, you know, they, they might get down a, a bit lower than 49, but yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, well, we'll watch with interest there. But the, the track, if someone wanted to go in tomorrow morning and work on the track, they could do that? Yeah, yeah, We I rung um, Brett Rowe yesterday afternoon and told him to reopen it tomorrow morning. Uh, that way we can see just how far the horses are getting in and how much more uh, work we've got to do on it before the race meeting Friday. Okay. Will we have trials between races on Friday? I'd say so. I haven't been told any different, but I'd say we would have. Okay. But we're ready to go. Ready to go. That's all we can ask for. Any other questions, Steve? No, that's about it at this stage. You got any no, word about the new track tone? Are they talk no, to you? No, nothing, mate. I wouldn't right. have a clue. I'm, I'm like the rest of you. I wouldn't know what's going on. Okay. Thanks we're for that. Stone wall there, aren't we, Steve? <laughs> A little bit, but uh, a couple of weeks, maybe. It's only weeks away. It's only weeks away. Mm. We'll get there. Yeah. Yep. Well, we have to, don't we? Surely. Surely. Thanks, Our next mate. guest is about to join us. He might be able to tell us. Mm. Actually, Chris, just with the times, um, tell us why, in your opinion. So, particularly, well, I'm going to ask you, this is, is this why they're going so much faster? Number one, sulkies are better? Yep. Lighter? Track surfaces? Well, I wouldn't get better. Breeds faster? 100%. That's a huge factor in, in my opinion. Feeds and supplements? Yep, better. Anything else? Uh, drivers' weights? Yep. The drivers are very lean. They're, they're quite worried, a lot of the drivers, male mm. or female. So, you know, there's a certain type and, um, you know, that, that's what we've got. And that, that's, you know, nationwide. And um, that's not just here in Queensland. So everything keeps evolving. So... Um, yeah, and that, that obviously equates to fast times. What about your fast horse in America got rolled on the weekend, Bulldog? Yeah, couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. They went track record speed there, uh, 146, but uh, I thought he'd win and I thought he'd go close to breaking the world record. But uh, no, he got beaten and uh, the world record remains intact. So, yeah, wasn't the best, but anyway, we'll see. I think they've, they've, they've outlined the they've only got two more, two more starts with him. Okay. But I suppose it's going to take its toll eventually and a horse is going that fast all the time, Chris, isn't it? Yeah. On their legs and, and he, so on. And his stud value keeps increasing as well, so. Okay. So, and anyway. Darren Clayton joins us each and every Wednesday to give us the Good Oil for Reckless meeting. He's online with us now. Darren, good morning. Yeah, good morning, guys. Just talking about the Red Mile there. It was a, um, Alleywag Hanover who beat Bulldog Hanover, Todd McCarthy, the man of the moment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I'll ask you the question. Any word on where the new track's going? Uh, which new track is that, Chris? Uh, for Queensland. We've asked everyone else. We keep getting oh. told it's only weeks away, but you might oh, have as I said, as I, said, as I said the other week, Chris, it's been imminent for about three years, so I'm not <laughs> holding my breath. It's a dollar ten, isn't it? The halfway between Bridgie and the Gold Coast there? That... Well, that, that looks the most obvious 
selection, Steve. Mm. I, I don't What's know the name of the place again, not far from Yatley Inland? What's it called? Um, Norwell. Norwell, yeah. It's a dollar yeah. ten, isn't it? Well, you'd be brave to, to bet away from it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, anyway. Well, the, the Western Corridor was heavily favoured there for a while, though, too, Steve. So, I'm okay. not sure what happened there, whether um, the, the Greyhound track's going at Yamanto, and there was strong word that the that the harness would be there as well. So, uh, okay. not sure whether. That Yamanto track, just in regards to Greyhound, is going to be sensational, isn't it? The straight right up the middle there. So, you've got three mm. tracks total, but the way it's designed, it looks brilliant, doesn't it? Yeah, looks fantastic. Let's hope they do a good job, I'm sure, with the harness as well needs to be stated now, up. Yeah, indeed, indeed, with the training facilities. Darren, first and obvious question we've got to ask this morning. Leap to Fame's now won the three major Derby Classics along the East Coast. Is he the best three-year-old to be trained out of Queensland ever? Uh, in terms of record, I would, he'd have to be up there. He'd, I would say yes. Um, if you go back to, to Blacks of Fake, obviously the, the best of all time, he didn't start that much during either his two-year-old or three-year-old career. Um, Never contested a derby. No, no. So you probably can't put him in, in that regard and then didn't race at four at all. So, um, you know, perhaps his longevity is down to that to that fact. He was pretty well... Uh, this two and three year old was light on. Um, the only other one that had a really good uh, three year old season would have been uh, for a reason. Um, he had a, a strong three year old year, a couple of derbies. Um, but was he trained not, in Sydney at that stage? No, that's what I was just going to say. I'm not sure whether he was Queensland his entire three year old campaign. So, yeah, I, you'd have to say that Leap to Fame is definitely the, the, uh, the best three year old to be trained in Queensland. And the other one, too, that you can sort of throw in the mix, you think of Black Safay, the greatest of all time. Then you've got Be Good Johnny, Jewel Miracle Mulch, and he never raced until he was four. Yeah, and then I think he won about his first 15 or 16 starts or was perhaps got second in a couple. But, yeah, a, a massive winning streak early on in his career as well was Be Good Johnny. So, um, yeah, and, and he raced on as well, a Victoria Cup winner. So, um you know, he maybe there's a bit to be said there about some of these horses that, are, because they are just going so quick, um, you know, what sort of longevity are we going to get out of them long term? I know there's a lot of a lot of quick young horses we we haven't seen again, especially some of those from down in Victoria. Right, I've got a question for you. I know Steve loves a bit of trivia, and you're his stats man, so you provide all the numbers. Here's a question for you: Leap to Fame has now won the three derbies. Grant Dixon has won four other derbies, all with horses. Can you name all of them? So he won the... So any derby? Well, Victoria major derby. derby. So we're talking Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria. So he's won the Victoria derby with Colt 31. Yep. He's won the New South Wales derby with Jeremy Lee. Correct. Um... So the Queensland Derby with Leap to Fame. Yeah, so we don't count that. We've, we've don't count that. established that. So he's got two Queensland Derby victories. Yeah. Apart from Leap to Fame. Who are they with? Um, yep, you've got me there on, on offhand. Um, Majestic Mac. Majestic Mac. And was one of them 
Oh, no, he huge upset. After the, he took one on after a derby, one of the Purden horses, didn't he? It was... Um, yeah, he took on yeah, best no, deal he yet. got me. No, the, the other one he won, the Queensland derby, was back in 2007. It was a huge upset because the grey horse was the favourite. Archimigo? Correct. There we go. There you go. Pretty there good. Go. Pretty good. What happened Long to Jeremy Lee? I'd never heard of it again. What happened to it? He won the derby in 94 in New South Wales. Oh, okay. That was at Harold Park. So that was his first big derby success. So then he had to wait until 2007. Archimigo was his next. Beat Lombo Pocket Watch. Wasn't he a good horse? Yep. Un unbelievable. I'll ask you this Not question. Up. Just to that Breeders Series at uh, Colt 31. Uh, not Colt 31. Leap to Fane's going to go around in Saturday week over the shorter trip. If Captain Ravishing was in that series and drew inside... He's eligible for that series. Oh, is he? Whether he goes, I don't know, ah, but okay. he's eligible for it. Yeah, I was just going to ask the question. If he drew inside Colt 31 over the short course, what would you do? Darren. Sure. <laughs> oh, sure. You'd, you'd have to go all guns blazing, wouldn't you? But he is eligible yeah. for that series. So, oh, yeah, you'd have to you'd have to have a good shot. I don't think I don't think you'd want to leave anything to chance. Mm. So, which one would you yeah. back? Is what I'm asking. Oh, I'd stick with Leap to Fame all day long. Like I think he could turn it into a war and be too strong. Like oh, mm. I've got a got a huge amount of respect for the horse. So, yeah, I think he could certainly be the one. You were like Chris. You were surprised at the price differential, weren't you, with the two of them? Oh, definitely, and like we said, we said that, you know, um, Grant would have taken a lot out of it, the gear change come back on, and um, rather than just rolling rolling steadily in, the, in those early stages, he he turned it into a full-on war, and um, like I sort of mentioned the other day, Steve, um, he Grant basically said, well, anyone who wants to win this race, you're gonna, going to earn it, come and get it off me, and to be fair... I don't, you could put any other horse in that field and I don't think any other runner in that field could have done what Leap to Fame had done. I don't think Captain Ravishing could sit in front and run those same quarters and finish it off the way he did. I think he was the only horse that could do that and he, and he proved it. Rip um, charged home, but I don't think he would be able to, to do that out in front. Just Leap to Fame showed his dominance. Here's a hypothetical. What happens if Mark Pitt sits in on Captain Ravishing rather than make that three-wide move to sit outside of Leap to Fame? Does that does that throw a spanner in the works of, of Grant, how he drives Leap to Fame then, or...? Yeah, well, he's probably, he probably knows then that he can just, um, you know, be a little bit more conservative. And if anything, that's probably when he perhaps becomes a little bit more vulnerable because... Um, you know, that one closing speed. Although we've seen him run home at Albion Park off a steady tempo and come home in 26 and change. So he can obviously um, reel off those quick quarters as well. But I guess um, last time we had a chat to Grant, he actually thinks Leap to Fame's a better horse off a helmet. It's just he never gets to drive him that way. So, um, mm. you know, that, that could be something to look forward to going ahead. Well, when you break down his three derby wins so far, he's delivered something different each time. Speed, when he won the New South Wales derby, he was off a helmet there, said 1-1. Uh, just 
sheer strength. It was just brute strength when he won the Queensland Derby. And then the other night, it was just sustained power, really, uh, for, for that longer race and the speed that he was able to cruise at. It was just something different in each of those three derbies. He's a phenomenal horse. Yeah, and show, showed his versatility. And I think even yeah. if we go back to his first ever trial or first ever race start, even then, um, you know, there was a bit of hype about him then. And um, he certainly delivered on the hype, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, give us the best bet for tonight, Darren. Yeah, so um, I'm keen on race four, horse number five, Be My Rock. Um, number four, Geldof will run favourite, but yeah, I, I don't mind the form of Be My Rock. I thought uh, Geldof was good on Saturday night in his win, but there's a bit of frontline speed and pressure here, and I think Be My Rock is the is the sleeper out the back, and he can power home over the top. He's only got the one win at Redcliffe. His last time out was was pretty good behind its back page news. That pressure and tempo will be his friend here. So race four, number five, Be My Rock. 3.30 currently with Tab. Was there anything else on the program that stood out? Yeah, just... Um, Race seven, horse number four, Master Charles. I thought uh, I had him finding the front, and I thought um, he'll appreciate getting back to sort of this level of opposition. He um, he was third a couple he of scratched. runs back. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. So that won't be happening at all. Okay. <laughs> the other one well, then. Throw uh, me some quaddy numbers then. Races five, six, seven, and eight. Yeah. So first leg, I like number two, uh, Sunny Orlando. First up from a freshen. Number eight will be thereabouts, and my two amethyst. Number nine, so two, eight, nine. The first leg. Second leg, I'm going with number four. I'm a chick magnet on top. Doesn't have much um, numbers against its name, but I think this race profile is okay for him. Over number one, talk to the max and five, Derby Brights. The third leg with Master Charles out will go with number one, just one good one on top. Three hit the track will get in there nicely. As will number six, my secret beach, and the last leg, race eight. Um, wide open, I thought this one will got number nine wave dancer on top with no confidence. Three water reactor, four Birdles Firefox could be the early leader and Jamaican resort poking through along the fence there. So three, four, seven, nine. Okay, repeating the quaddy numbers, two eight nine, then one four five, one three six, and we finish off with numbers three, four, seven, and nine. The best bet comes up in race four. It's number five, be my rock at three thirty. Darren, as always, appreciate the time. Look forward to the chat again on Friday morning when we preview Albion Park. Nine races there. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks.